at the end of the day, if you are one of the best and you are committed to true differentiation in the space and you're spending so much time and so much energy and so much money cultivating these like really wonderful, unique experiences, it would just suck if God forbid one day Airbnb were to go out of business. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Mondays, a special series brought to you by Spontaneous on the Behind the Stays podcast feed. I'm Zach, host of the Behind the Stays podcast and founder of Spontaneous. Really excited to dive into this week's episode, but first just wanted to thank you all for the feedback from last week's episode. I am curating this entire series based off of the feedback you all are sending me over Instagram DMs or to our, our email address. And it's been really awesome to hear how helpful uh, last last week's episode was where we talked all about influencers and creators and how to effectively leverage those, those partnerships. Um, this week, we're gonna be talking about why you should have a website for your Airbnb even if you don't have a direct booking site. So I think this is a topic that is somewhat uh not heated per se, but it, people people disagree on kind of like the the best approach here. So I have put some time and 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 some thoughts together, talked to a couple folks, and excited to kind of share my take on this, which hopefully will uh, be just another good kind of piece of, of info for you all to to consider as you decide what to do uh, with respect to kind of building your technology stack for your short term rental and or short term rental collection or portfolio, whichever term you prefer. So that's my that's my goal is that this is a, another kind of like asset to have uh, at your disposal as you consider the strategy that makes most sense for, for you and your contacts. So first and foremost, getting set up with a direct booking site can be really tough and time consuming, okay? And most of these direct booking sites they're a part of like larger PMSs, like right property management software, and and there are a lot of great options out there. Uh, we've had you know Guesty as a, as a partner here uh, on the Behind the Stays podcast. They're a really great option. The folks at Uplisting are really worth checking out. Hostaway, there's there's lots of good options uh, out there, but it does take a lot of time, right? And it's important that if you're going to invest in property management software, that you do do your due diligence and and, and give it the time that it takes, right? This is a oftentimes a, a fairly serious investment for folks. Um, and, you know, it, it's once you're kind of in there, like, it's really hard to like leave, right? Like, you're in there and you've built up all the stuff. And so like, even if like the, the the tooling isn't quite what you expected, it's just a pain in the butt, quite frankly, to have to go to another system. So I think you should take your time in researching these things and figuring out like what PMS, if any, is right for you in your context. But in my opinion, that's really not an excuse to not have your own website for your STR. So on this week's episode, I really want to talk about three core reasons why you should build a website as soon as you launch your Airbnb listing or as close to launch as possible. And I also want to throw in some ideas for uh, suggestions, I should, say, I should say, for website CMSs that I think would be great options for hospitality entrepreneurs like you all to consider. But before we do so, I do want to take a 
a quick second here to talk about Spontaneous's host partner program. So we've been talking about Ping. Uh, we talked about Ping uh, last episode. I also wanted to talk to you guys about our host partner program. So Spontaneous, just as a quick refresher for anyone that might be new here, we bring flexible travelers the best last-minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb over the next 30 days, and we do that twice a week, right? So we've got these two core categories of newsletters. We have the weekly, which goes out on Monday mornings, and the weekly features deals on week-long seven-night stays. And then we have the Weekender, which goes out on Wednesday mornings. And the Weekender features three-night weekend-long stays, so Friday through through a Monday there. Now, from there, what subscribers can do is they can opt in to be notified about deals in specific regions. So I might be subscribed to, you know, week-long deals in Mexico, but like weekend-long deals in the northeast of the USA, right? So uh, folks have the the ability to kind of curate their own uh, collection of, of deals, so to speak. So what our host partner program does is the Spontaneous Host Partner Program um, enables you to get your listings featured in our newsletters whenever they are available during our curation windows. So we integrate directly with your Airbnb listing and your property will show up in all of our relevant newsletters anytime that it's available. Um, our host partner program tiers start at just $49 a year, which is uh, for most of you half, if not more than half of your, your cleaning fee for like one night that you might charge. So it's incredibly affordable. Uh, and if you are curious about learning more about our host partner program, you can head on over to spontaneous.com forward slash hosts. Or of course, you can always send me an email or, or a DM on Instagram. All right, let's dive in. So first and foremost, a website helps you control the brand narrative of your short-term rental, okay? So the, the first reason you'll want to build a website for your Airbnb, even before you have a, a direct booking site, is because a website really helps you maintain con- control over your brand um, so much more than, than an OTA ever will. This is a this is like an imperfect uh, analogy here, but if you'll if you'll entertain this for just a hot second, I think I think you can get I think you'll understand what I'm getting at here. So OTAs, right? OTAs being online travel agents like like an Airbnb or a Booking.com or a Verbo, right? They're like Facebook, while your website is a MySpace. Now now unlike your MySpace page of 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 yesteryear, <laughs> your website will live on and it will prosper. But like MySpace, you have so much more digital real estate to play with, to compete with, than you do in OTA. Your Airbnb listing is templatized, right? It, it, it's like your Facebook timeline. There's there's only so much you can. There's only so much info you can put. There are only so many places to put that info, right? To offer information, and you have to do so within the constraints of the OTA's templates, right? Meaning if you're scrolling through Airbnb, you're like your Airbnb listing does not look dramatically different than your competitors, right? Or, or quite frankly, your Airbnb listing in Florida doesn't look that much different than your than someone's Airbnb listing in like Maine, right? Or or New Mexico for that matter. There's a specific template. Basically, your points of differentiation are your photos and maybe your copy if you're like a really good copywriter. But most most listings uh, have really crappy copy uh, to begin with. So th- those are your core differentiators, right? Whereas a website allows for very detailed expression, right? So it allows the ability for for your guests to learn more about the story behind your home and and the personality behind you know you and and or the home's creators. It can help guests garner better insights into the surrounding area, right? So they can actually visualize themselves, you know, taking Fido for a trail run or maybe surprising their special someone with a candlelit dinner at, you know, the new Michelin star restaurant, which is a 
short 15 minute drive away. You know, you get what I'm getting at. It helps people better understand what it would feel like and be like to be in your space, right? So a website enables you to have full autonomy over the prospective guest experience. Um, the current guest experience, right? You could reference your, you could link to your digital guidebook, for example, on your website. You could have that be the core place where all of your communications during the during the stay can be found and, and, and all of your recommendations can be accessed. And then of course, also the post guest, guest experience. It really gives you the digital real estate that you need to effectively deliver the degree of hospitality that you desire, right? There are just, limits to what you can do on an OTA, right? Full stop. There are, are no limits to what you can do on, on your website. So if for no other reason, looking at your website as an incredible marketing asset, right? Or an incredible place uh, for historical reference even, right? Of where you've been, where you're going, what you're doing, um, a, a, a library of sorts for your recommendations, a library of sorts for the kind of experience that folks can expect. Uh, if, if for no other reason, building a building a website for, for just those reasons is, is quite crucial. Number two here, having a, a website enables you to start ranking on keywords and topics that are relevant to your home or the experience that you're trying to cultivate for your guests. Now, I, I know that some of you who are listening, uh, who are incredible short-term rental hosts, and you've built up like massive followings on Instagram, you've got beautiful, unique homes and or collections of, of unique homes. And, and many of you like just say you have no desire to build out direct booking sites. Um, and I think that there's a couple of reasons for this. One, a lot of you actually don't necessarily identify first and foremost as real estate investors, which is which is you know quite interesting because like most of you are. Um, but you but you identify most more closely with like you know being being a host or being a hospitality entrepreneur. And um, you know I think that that's beautiful and and really and really awesome. I, so I think that because of that, there's almost like this this notion that okay, well, if I get into direct bookings, then I have to like really understand a bunch of things that are outside of my purview, right? I've got to think about insurance. I've got to think about damage, I got, damages, right? I've got to think about like how am I managing this data properly, right? And quite frankly, those are those are headaches. And historically, when OTAs were taking three percent, four percent of your you know uh, of of your nightly revenue uh, or revenue per booking, whatever it might be that was maybe a, a, a lot easier to stomach. Well, as as that changes, right, and they you know they push their fees closer to 20%, and, and some are saying that it's going to go even beyond that, right? Um, it, it might be time to kind of like just rethink your your stance or, or your um, your posture towards towards like direct bookings. Now, all that said, I'm, I'm no Airbnb hater, and I think that OTAs are an essential channel for just about every house. But if you're going to put in the work to build a brand for your home or your, your collection of homes on Instagram, you should extend that work into building a website, right? Like it's not that much additional work given the time and effort you all spend posting content, um, networking with folks, working with creators and influencers in the space, right? So it's not that much more effort to build a website. Um, and, and again, just in case you ever do decide to build up a direct booking strategy, right? Like you don't, you, you don't need to do this um, if, you know, you you have no interest in building a brand, right? It's kind of like what we were talking about last week on Marketing Mondays. Don't work with creators. Don't build an Instagram account if you have no desire to build a brand experience around your place. But if you do have that desire, and I would assume that most of you who are tuning in to, to today's episode do have that desire, 
then ensuring that you do have a place, like a, a little place of digital real estate that you own solely for your home or, or your collection of homes is, is absolutely crucial. And, and another, th- another thing to kind of like keep in mind here is that it takes a long time to get indexed on Google, right? Around the keywords and topics that you want to rank for. So if let's say in a year from now, you realize that you can no longer afford to stomach the ever increasing OTA fees. And you know, you realize, you know what, I, I need to start building out a direct booking strategy, right? At least to sort of like offset some of these costs, 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 can't talk today. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to like hit publish on your website and then immediately rank on the first page of Google when someone searches for something like best A-frames to rent in Colorado, right? It doesn't happen like that. SEO, search engine optimization, takes a lot of time. It's a marathon. It's, it's it, absolutely not a sprint. So if at some point in the future you could imagine wanting to take direct bookings a little bit more seriously, that means that today you have to start preparing your digital fields for uh, a future harvest of tomorrow or, or next week or next year, right? So you're not going to just be able to hit publish on your CMS one day and start ranking for all the terms and topics that you care for, right? It might take six months, a year, two years to rank for the keywords that you desire to rank for in a meaningful position on Google search engine result pages, right? So another thing to kind of keep in mind here is that your your authority with Google doesn't exactly expire. So like unless you like literally never publish or update content on your website, you're not going to just like the authority of your site is not just going to go to zero, right? Now you have to stay active, you have to stay competitive and whatnot, but what Google look, one of the big indicators of Google is like, okay, how long has this domain even been in existence, right? Like how long has content been published, been publishing on this, um, on this domain? And what is the frequency at which that content is updated? So if you're not going to build, if you're not, if you're going to take, if you, if you think that in the next few years, there's some, in some reality, you might be building out a, a more solid direct booking strategy, building your website today will help Google understand that there is historical context here, right? Like this isn't just some spammy site that popped up one day and is now trying to rank for all these all these keywords. Like this has been, uh, this is a business, right? And and they've been around for, for, for a little bit, right? So that's why you want to uh, take this stuff quite seriously now so that you give Google the time that Google needs to properly make sense of what your offer is and who your offer is for, okay? Another way of thinking of SEO is is thinking about it like you would investing. Your dividends are, are gonna be small at first, but hopefully, right, they they compound over time. That's what that's what you're banking on when, when you invest. Um, another thing I, I just wanted to say here is that as, as you know, as these fees, from OTAs do continue to increase, I do think many of you are going to have to think about direct booking strategies. Um, and the direct booking strategies don't necessarily need to be in conflict to your your strategies for increasing your um, visibility of, of your OTA listing, right? In fact, they, they should work hand in hand. They're just two different tools as, as a part of your, your tool chest. Um, and, and another thing I, 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 you know, I guess just want to get at here is that um, you have very like little to lose by building a, a website. Again, even if you don't have a direct booking site right now, because it, you know it, it's going to it, it's only going to help you. If nothing else, it's a beautiful digital brochure of who you are and and what your home is. If if it is something else, right? It, it could be this incredibly powerful asset 
to turn random strangers on the internet into some of your most loyal guests, right? Some of your 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 highest repeat guests. And that, in my opinion, is um is worth thinking through and and considering quite quite critically. All right, number three here. Oh, actually, last thing before we go on to number three. If this whole like SEO talk and how Google ranks content talk is like, what? I don't even, I don't even understand what you're saying, Zach. No worries. I want to do a whole deep dive on SEO uh, specifically because I think it's super important and not enough people in this space are, are talking about it. As I've mentioned before, I, I come from a growth marketing background, so I understand um, SEO strategy quite well. And I, I just don't hear enough. Actually, Conrad O'Connell from Build Up Bookings, he's a really good resource on this. But And then Damian Sheridan, who um, hosts uh, the Scale Up Rental shows and, and several other um, uh, industry events, he, he's great too. But beyond those two folks, there's not a lot of folks in the industry that I I know that that know what they're talking about with respect to SEO. So we're going to do a deeper dive onto all this stuff. So, so stay tuned if you don't understand anything about how Google ranks content. We'll kind of unpack that together and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but number three, you know, I, and this is closely related to number two, but at some point you may want to own your guest data and be able to leverage it uh, in, in a meaningful way, right, in, in a helpful way. So um there's this thing happening, right, where, where we're moving into a world where having primary data and control over that data has, has never been more important for brands. So over the last few years, consumers like you and me have become much more protective over our data. And, you know, the Apples and the Googles of the world have begun to block the insights that advertisers are allowed to access to get their products and services in front of us, right? So as a result, what we're seeing is we're seeing all these like e-commerce companies and these direct-to-consumer brands, right? We're seeing them work really hard to build their owned quote-unquote data. So essentially, rather than sending folks to buy a t-shirt on Amazon, right? What you're seeing on it, like Instagram, for example, you're seeing people sending folks to their own websites, right? Their own digital storefronts and incentivizing customers to purchase directly on their digital storefronts. So you'll see things like, you know, 10% off when you book when you buy your t-shirt through us or, you know, free, free shipping, it's five to seven days. It's not going to be like prime where you get it tomorrow, but like it's five to seven days and you get a 10% off your order. So what folks are really doing here, what these brands are after is they're, they, they want to own their data. They don't want, they don't want that data to be just shared, um, uh, uh, with Amazon and or they don't want Amazon to to own that data and share like minimal insights with them about who their customers actually are, right? And what their customers actually want and what their customers clicked on before actually making a purchase, right? More and more people want to own that data as, as they should, right? These are a lot of the times small businesses, not, you know, too unlike many of you and understanding the nuances that exist in this data is, is quite crucial. Um, and so, you know, as you all are aware, Airbnb shares very little data with you about your guests, right? So any mention of an email address or a phone number or even like an Instagram handle over a DM or even in your listing, like it gets totally shut down by Airbnb, right? Like, and again, they, they have to do this. It, it's their business model. They are providing you a free marketing channel, right? They are enabling you to, within a matter of days, get someone to pay you for your space. And in exchange for that, right, they have to earn a rev share on every purchase. So no way, Jose, are they going to allow, you know, uh, are they going to allow you to uh, book directly or, or enable it to be easy for guests to start a conversation with you on Airbnb, but finish that conversation off Airbnb? It would be catastrophic to, to their business, right? So, so building your own website, again, even if the final transaction happens on an OTA, it at least allows prospective guests, current guests, and repeat guests to share their data with you by subscribing 
subscribing to your newsletter or you know signing up for last minute deals through a spontaneous widget like a ping, right? Or being notified the minute that dates for the next you know season or calendar open up. It, it all of this might be hard to kind of like believe now, but you may want to, if not need to, in the future, mine through your own data and discern trends on who your customers are, when they like to book, what they are willing to pay, and the likelihood that they might want to come and stay at your place again. Rather than being reliant on the black box that is Airbnb deciding what they do and don't share with you, you might need to have really granular access to that data, and it's impossible for you to discern the answers to these questions unless you own your core data set, right? So at the end of the day, a lot of this will lead to you deciding to get a direct booking site, and while you absolutely should be building out a direct booking strategy, if, again, you're committed to building a brand around your property or your collection, everything that I just talked about here, these these three tips here, you can do all of this before you commit to a PMS or before you you know buy, a, buy, a, buy an actual direct booking site. All you need is a website CMS. So I've got three options for you all to take a closer look at. Squarespace is, is the easiest. It's probably the most popular. Uh, there's Webflow, which is maybe less lesser well-known in in this space but um beautiful templates uh very a little bit more complicated to use but but very very affordable uh, and then there's hubspot so each of these cmss like have pros and cons as i mentioned squarespace is kind of the easiest to get get up and running it's also very limiting in terms of design webflow is a, is a bit harder to use but they have inc- an incredible number of like really like well-designed templates for you to tap into you can they also have like a marketplace where you can hire designers and developers to help you kind of make tweaks to that template um and then hubspot is a, is a good in-between uh squarespace and webflow but they're also they're also the most expensive. So I know all of this was a lot. I uh, thank you all for for tuning in. Um, and I, I really want you to let me know what you think. Like, is, is this information helpful? Is this kind of just a regurgitation of what you already knew? Uh, are there insights here that I've shared that have been helpful? Um, and and or and or original even let please, 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 please let me know. At the end of the day, I think so many I'm inspired by so many of you and what you're building and what you're doing and I just want to make sure that you're preparing yourselves for for you know the best possible outcome for for you and and the experience that you're creating and while Airbnb might be this incredible marketing channel it is an incredible marketing channel at the end of the day if you are one of the best and you are committed to true differentiation in the space and you're spending so much time and so much energy and so much money cultivating these like really wonderful unique experiences it would just suck if, God forbid, one day Airbnb were to go out of business, right? Or just, you know, <laughs> one of these OTAs were to be sued for some reason and like, or not even, you know, something as dramatic as that. They just change their ranking algorithm to the point where like they're only showing the top 2% of all stays rather than, and your place is in the top 5% of all stays in, in a particular submarket. Like not having any of that control for those of you who aren't just doing this to earn a quick buck, but are doing this because like you really believe in the space and you really believe in cultivating unique experiences, that would just be devastating, right? And, and, and I don't want to be doomsday-ish here, but you know, there's there's a reality in which these things happen. It's the the only way to sort of like prevent any of this is to start thinking critically about how am I building my own unique data set, right? How am I building my own unique differentiated brand, so that again I can still be in all the all the pools, all the verbos, all the Airbnbs of the world. But if a day comes where those services are not available, or what it costs to play with those services is just totally like insurmountable. Uh, in terms of kind of your your core business strategy, then what's my backup plan, right? Like, 
what, how, how am I going to kind of circumvent this? Am I just going to give up my hospitality like empire that I'm building? Am I going to, you know, go back to my, my nine to five job or like, you know, God forbid any of those things happen. But I do think it's a helpful exercise for hosts, especially those of you who've just done an incredible job at building these wonderful brands to, to consider, uh, to consider deeply. So if there's anything else I can do to help, please let me know, folks. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Marketing Mondays, and we will see you next time. If you want to learn more about the Spontaneous Host Partner Program, head on over to spontaneous.com forward slash host. All right, guys, take care. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.